Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am... Lee Lonsberry. Uh, fascinating conversation, huh? Uh, let me tell you, an earlier stage in my life, not long after I was a missionary for the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I was in kind of a, a period of life where I was uncertain what was going to come next, uh, and I was looking for a, a new skill. I was looking for a brand new experience, and uh, oddly enough, oddly enough, there was a time in my life where I had to make a decision between becoming a producer uh, at KSL and moving to Mexico and running a strawberry farm. Yeah, uh, I'll at a later date tell you the full story there, but uh, I, my, my life's trajectory once hinged on whether or not uh, I would uh, be a producer at KSL News Radio years and years ago or uh, move to Mexico and run a, uh, a strawberry farm. <laughs> So uh, it's funny how uh, life presents you different options. And uh, right now, especially as coronavirus kind of uh, makes itself feel as if it's walls closing in on us, uh, our mind tends to wander and we fantasize more so about uh, what an escape might be like. And more specifically, what things will be like when this is all behind us, when school returns to normal, when work returns to normal, where we don't have to be uh, wearing face masks all the time and we're nervous about hugging our grandmother for fear of endangering her life. I am so looking forward to that, uh, and I am so looking forward to a day where that stress is not uh, constantly looking over uh, my shoulder. All right. You remember yesterday, about this time, we had a conversation with KSL News Radio's Kelly Pierce. She uh, was preparing to attend a rally, a rally uh, held by uh, Granite School District teachers against uh, holding all classes on campus. Right now, the plan uh, within the Granite School District is for uh, class to resume uh, as normal, at least in terms of scheduling. Now, uh, the district uh, asserts that there are many safety measures in place, that there will be distancing and uh, in various uh, things put in place to safeguard not only the students and the teachers, uh, but, uh, but the administrators and visitors. And, well, uh, the teachers are not exactly comforted by those plans. Joining me now on the line is a teacher from the district, Karen Burns. Uh, Ms. Burns, how are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing well. First, uh, let me tell you, thank you for being a teacher. I am the son of a teacher. I have many uh, cousins and friends who uh, are teachers. I very much admire uh, the work that you do, and I am uh, each day uh, reminded of the good influence that teachers in my life uh, had on setting me on the path uh, I have found myself today. So uh, let me just get that out of the way. I am very grateful uh, for the work that you do. Now, on to the matter at hand. 
Yesterday, you and uh, hundreds of other teachers gathered at the Granite School District headquarters in South Salt Lake uh, to air your grievances. Uh, what was the message you had hoped to communicate last night? Um, so our message to the district is that we are we really want to go back to school, and we're we love our jobs. We're dedicated professionals, but the way that our school district is opening is not going to be safe for teachers or students, any staff. Um, the potential for community spread is huge with their plan. And so our ask from them and our message to them was that we want our schools open, but we want them to open safely. So right now, we really just want to make sure that um, when we're opening, it's going to be the safest possible option. What would need to change from the proposal or rather the plan uh, in place right now by the district uh, that would make uh, you and the other teachers happy or at least feel safe? Well, we're finding, oh, sorry, I did not mean to talk over you. Um, so we are really concerned with, there are seven essential characteristics that came out from the USBE um, at the beginning of the summer, and each district had until August 1st to plan a plan that would um, keep in line with all of the seven assurances. So one of them is social distancing, and our plan in Granite has zero options for social distancing as we know it. Um, the biggest social distancing factor we can see is kind of in these schools when there's going to be kids choosing to go online. Um, we'll have smaller class sizes in some situations, but in elementary school, where we have grade level splits, we might have 40 kids in a class, which is going to make that even more unsafe for teachers and students. So we're really asking them for a couple of things. Um, first, the biggest thing we want is social distancing. And we feel the best way that that can happen is with a split schedule, which is what Davis and Provo are doing, where they're having A-B days. Mm -hmm. And that would reduce the class size to half of the kids that are in school. Um, the other thing we're really worried about is some of our teachers in those assurances if you're high risk, your district is supposed to work with you and to help you meet ADA accommodations. And our district is not making accommodations for teachers as well that are high risk. So that's another thing that we're worried about. We're also very concerned about um, the reopening plan that came from the governor's office last week uh, that kind of makes safety measures not as strict and not as tight for schools. So we're just very concerned because we can't social distance our kids. Um, we are in big trouble. Yesterday we were setting up classrooms in my school and we had kids, we have 36 kids in some elementary school classrooms that are very small and those are packed side to side to side and we can't even distance them six inches. And I know in mm -hmm. high schools it's much worse. They have classes that can range up to like 50, 60 kids. And we're just looking to make sure that that assurance is met as well as the hygiene practices, the quarantine of kids that might have symptoms, um, all of the other things, the communication with the public. So that's our biggest ask is social distancing at this point and making sure that high-risk teachers have accommodations that will keep them safe in schools. Now, the, the deadline for these plans was the 1st of August, now four days ago. Uh, it, wh why, why bring these concerns to the district now? And, what, and how optimistic are you that, that any changes uh, would or even can be made? So I think that part of our reason for bringing this now is because this isn't just us gathering together at this point. We have been trying all summer long to contact our board members, and we have been watching uh, board meetings repeatedly. We've been trying to work on plans with our principals. 
Um, we've been giving input to the USBE. We have done everything we can. And at this point, the first time we contacted them, they said they want solutions. And then the second time we came back with solutions and they're still ignoring our request. So at this point, um, we are about to start school. We know that Davis just switched their plan last week, so it's still not too late for changes. And part of the granite plan is one thing that is a modified schedule. So they have three options and there is a modified schedule in that option that does go A and B days. So we're just asking them to switch to that schedule that's already been in their plan um, before August 1st. And we're getting to the point where they're, we're just, at this point, it's so close to the beginning of school. Um, we're trying to organize any action we can around these decisions. So last night we had a board meeting and that's why we, um, right. we had our rally yesterday at the district office. We're about 19 days away from the, the scheduled start date for classes in the Granite School District. If your demands aren't met by that date, will you report for duty? You know, I think right now um, I'm working with my local union. I'm personally working with my principal and also still trying to reach the district. It is complicated in Utah because if I don't show up to work on the first day of school, I will get fired because it's a right-to-work state. So I don't really have any rights to strike or walk out. Um, I already think we're there, to be honest. I think at this point we have teachers organizing under the table um, and doing things kind of on social media that could risk their jobs. I think we have teachers that are already leaving in droves. We have so many teachers that are taking year leave of absences or quitting altogether. Um, I mean, we're seeing people who are already there. So I feel like we're already kind of exiting the classrooms, but in a way that we're, we're resigning. I personally am not resigning at this point, but I am still waiting to kind of see what my district is doing. So it's all up in the air and it changes every day. And I know that's the nature of a pandemic. Um, but I do feel like there are so many steps we can take to keep kids and teachers safe. And we're just not doing those things in Granite. Karen Burns, teacher with the Granite School District. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for speaking up. Uh, it's an important part of this whole process. And hopefully uh, when the 24th of August uh, arrives, all those involved in both the learning and the teaching and the administrating, uh, that everyone will hopefully by then be on uh, the same comfortable and safe page. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your service to the students of this great state. Thank you for the opportunity to talk to you today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to look at the results of a fascinating new study. We have heard anecdotally from uh, this school and that and from this neighborhood and uh, that neighborhood about how parents feel uh, about children and their return to schools. Well, now uh, some professionals have stepped in uh, and there is a poll, a statewide poll now, uh, which has gotten a pretty good look at the comfort level held by parents right now when it comes to sending their children back to school. We'll look at those details and I'll ask for your calls next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. In a moment, we are going to look at uh, a fascinating new poll which has been conducted. We have for some time now, we've heard uh, anecdotal accounts of the attitudes of parents. Uh, regarding how they will be uh, returning their students this coming school year uh, to, to some sort of educational uh, setup. Will they be back in the classroom? Is it going to be some sort of at-home event? Uh, is it going to be a homeschooling deal where you don't even use uh, the input of teachers? You get yourself a, a packet of stuff, uh, you teach your kid, and that's it. Uh, Connor Boyack, I know, would, uh, would advocate for that route. Uh, but... Uh, 
for the first time now, we have a, a professionally conducted poll that looks at the attitudes uh, held by parents uh, statewide. Before we get to that, though, I do need to uh, bring to your attention some breaking news to deliver. That is uh, Carol, Kira Hoffelmeyer joining us now in the KSL newsroom. Kira, what do we know? So, Lee, we're learning that there is a shelter in place for the Salt Lake Community College Taylorsville Redwood Campus. This is because, and per Unified Police, that there are two armed robbery suspects in the area. They're being described as white males in their 20s with brown hair and they're wearing jeans. They did change their shirts after the robbery, so they're uncertain what color shirt they are wearing But the uh, campus there for Slick is locked down. Again, that's the Taylorsville Redwood Campus. We believe that there's not a ton of people on campus at this point, but our understanding is there possibly are teachers on campus, Lee. So those will be the uh, folks that we are worried about on campus there. Scary stuff. We'll continue to follow it, Kira. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, Man. Uh, well, you know, if it's going to happen at any time, it, good it happens in the midst of a pandemic uh, in the summertime. Hopefully that uh, has mitigated the number of folks that are there. Again, as I said, we'll continue uh, to follow this. And as these uh, developments uh, come into our newsroom, we will uh, certainly uh, air them here on this station. Okay, uh, let me. I'm going to ask you a question. And then I'm going to ask you to get on the line because I want to talk to you. We had a great experience earlier in the hour uh, chatting uh, with with callers, with listeners uh, about the situation in the Salt Lake City School District where that board member wrote that email, uh, which contained a lot of political motivations potentially for her decision uh, to vote for the district's plan to keep students out of the classroom. Uh, well, now... I'd like to I'd like to take a step backwards. I'd like to uh, take a, a more broad view of the attitudes that you are feeling right now and some of the motivation for uh, what you intend to do with your uh, student, your child, uh, this upcoming school year. The reason uh, I bring this up, there's a new survey released, uh, a poll rather, that's conducted uh, in conjunction with uh, the Hinckley Institute of Politics. The Deseret News teamed up uh, with the Institute, and they asked uh, 1,000 Utahns, first and foremost, how do you plan to educate your child I- in your household this fall? So uh, of all the children you have, how do you, uh, how do you intend to educate them this fall? The choices are this. I will send them to school as usual. I will participate remotely via technology. Then I will homeschool them. The last option in this survey was not sure. Let me give the, the call-in number so, so I can get you on the line have a chat with you. It's uh, 801-575-8255. 801-575 talk. The question very basically, what are you doing with your student this year? Here are the results. Here are the results of the Deseret News Hinckley Institute poll. 54% of parents statewide indicated that they will be sending their students to school as usual. 54%, well over half of parents will be sending their students to school as usual. I, I know it's difficult for me to respond to this as uh, little baby Piper is only nine months old. Uh, that's right, three days ago she turned nine months old. Yeah, uh, she's been longer outside the oven than inside. <laughs> uh, and that joke is getting pretty tired here around the house. Little baby Piper is too young to be in school, and so I don't have to make the decision facing all these uh, Utah parents with school-aged children. But... But, and take this for what it's worth, because it's hypothetical, of course, with my young baby, if she were old enough, if she were school-aged, I would send her to school. I would send her to school. 
The calculus is difficult, of course, uh, because it is an accepted risk. You know uh, that children, in fact, can contract the coronavirus. It happens at a, a, a much lower rate uh, than adults. And their uh, ability to transmit is less than adults, if you, uh, if you believe some of the studies in, in Europe and some of the uh, findings of the World Health Organization and some of the observations in Scandinavia that children are less prone to transmit the virus. I've taken that into consideration. I've also looked back on my own experience as a student in school, gleaning so many uh, experiences and opportunities and memories face-to-face uh, -face with my teachers and my fellow students. There is great value to being back in the classroom. And I lament, I lament any uh, progress that students in this generation will miss out on because of this coronavirus. All right, 54% of Utah parents sending their children back to school. 23% uh, are opting to have them participate remotely via technology. 23% uh, are intending on keeping their uh, children in a setting where they can participate remotely. The phone line, uh, if I could get you on the line, I'd love to chat with you and see what you intend to do with your students this year. Uh, it's 801-575-TALK, 801 575 8255. Another category in this, in this conversation, in this poll, how do you plan to educate the children in your household this fall? Uh, I will homeschool them. 9%. I will homeschool them. 9% of parents. And then finally, uh, those who are not sure. Those who are not sure. 14%. The, the remaining 14% of parents are not yet sure what they will be doing with their students this fall. Now, School is starting pretty soon. School is starting real soon. In fact, for some of the districts, uh, to be unsure right now means that you have missed the, the, the deadline imposed by uh, the district to uh, let them know whether or not your student will be reporting for class in the fall. They need to get a head count. They need to do some planning. Uh, you know, as they uh, approach the strategy for social distancing, uh, it'll be uh, with a head count that they are informed on how to... Uh, best deal with that. Now, there's another question that was asked in this Deseret News Hinckley Institute poll. Uh, should public schools in your local school district open for in-person classes this fall? Now, this one depends uh, whether or not you are a, a parent uh, or a teacher. But here are the results. Statewide, parents were asked, Utahns were asked, should public schools in your local school district open for in-person classes this fall? 48%, almost half, 48% of respondents to this survey question said yes. Almost half of Utahns believe that yes, in fact, our local school district should be open for in-person classes this fall. 31% said no. That, of course, leaves 21% unsure. And I feel for those who are unsure. And I'm sorry that you're in a position of uncertainty because, uh, you know, the consequences of your decision can be pretty dire. If you opt to keep your child out of the school, there's the potential of all that uh, anxious energy and the anxiety to build up and uh, maybe for learning to be stunted and for social development to be stunted and for the anxieties of being a student out of the classroom, missing out on uh, what's going on in the classroom. 
That's a tough thing. And uh, I wish that there were more objective signs. I wish that there uh, was, I wish that we were able to remove politics from all of this, but uh, it is inextricably linked now. And we have seen that play out even on the school board level. (laughs) So that's going to do it for this conversation. Uh, Up after the break, uh, we are going to turn our attention to uh, a, a report that has been released now by the University of Utah, an independent report put out by the Department of Public Safety looking into allegations of wrongdoing in the Lauren McCluskey case, specifically an officer accused of inappropriately handling uh, photographs. Turns out there may have been no such inappropriate handling of photographs, and we'll get into those details next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.